Hi, it's Chad Griffiths. I'm the host of the Industrial Real Estate Show, and I'm glad you're here. After you listen to it, please consider leaving a review on our Apple or Spotify page and check out any more episodes to see how you can learn more about the industrial real estate market. Well, hello, everybody. I'm very excited to be joined by Michael Bull, someone that I've looked up to since I got into the business, both from the standpoint of him being a successful broker, as well as the host of the America's Commercial Real Estate Show, which I've followed uh, for quite some time now. I'd, I'd like to think that that's probably the most popular and maybe even the original podcast talking about commercial real estate real estate. So we're going to jump into a number of topics uh, with Michael, including how he got started, uh, how he got to where he is today, and perhaps even an outlook into the future. Uh, so with that, Michael, thank you so much for joining me on this call. Dad, thanks for having me. appreciate it. So a little bit about your background. And, and like I mentioned, I I feel like I know you just from have following you uh, as long. I know a little bit about your background. So I'll, maybe I'll tee it up and then you can fill in some of the gaps that I might not know. Uh, so you started at 19, started selling uh, investment properties while you're at university, uh, became an, a full aid, full-time agent at 22, at age 22, built your career out over the following years, started Bull Realty, I believe in the late 90s. And over that time, you also started America's Commercial Real Estate Show, and you also have a training program, uh, Commercial Agent Success Strategies, and I know you speak at a number of events. That's probably covering a lot of time in a very short soundbite. Uh, so what? how could you fill in the rest of that uh, that gap there? Yeah, that was, that was excellent, Chad. I mean, that uh, I kind of recapped it. You know, I started managing apartments while I was in college, and then uh, when I got out, I went full-time mission-only sales. I focused mainly on apartments, and uh, I built a really big business uh, focusing on multifamily in Atlanta, um, Georgia. And then, uh, yeah, and then 25 years ago, I started Bull Realty, and uh, we've grown that to about 50 people. I'm licensed in nine Southeast states, and uh, we have specialists in every uh, every sector, including industrial, multifamily, office, retail, hotels, uh, land, single-tenant, net lease, uh, and some others uh, like medical um, uh, properties. So um, that that's kind of then I started an online training company that has uh, incredible video training for commercial agents that uh, for experienced commercial agents really um, at commercialagentsuccess.com and people and companies and brokers enjoy those all over the country. Um, and then yeah, 12 years ago I started a little radio show in Atlanta and. Uh, and it uh, grew to 60 radio stations eventually. Um, and we started the first one as a podcast. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it was the absolute first commercial real estate podcast. And um, in fact, the other day I was uh, going through something and on one of the systems, you can actually listen to my first show. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how bad I was. <laughs> I went back and listened to it and I'm like, I was bad, but I wasn't that bad, you know, for the first time. Uh, so, yeah, we've done a new show there every week for 12 years and, and wow. never missed a week. Um, and uh, incredible, incredible guests and information. And uh, um, so, so yeah, and, that, and uh, now I, I, I own Bull Realty and we have, uh, you know, 50 people. But I also lead a team uh, myself and, uh, and I'm still active, uh, focused on large office buildings. And we sell office buildings and portfolios of office buildings around the country, which is getting rather interesting right now with uh, the work from home stuff and the hike in interest rates. So uh, uh, it's getting real fun. 
Yeah, I bet there's never a dull day or a news story that doesn't make you uh, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up with just everything coming at us right now. I want to dive into all those topics. uh, If you're okay with it, I want to get your your story on how you how why you decided to get into real estate you were in university and then you transitioned to into it full time uh, and then I want to talk about the the training program because I think it's actually a really affordable option for people that just want to sharpen their skills I, you've your program started $200 which is very obtainable for anyone that just wants to get better so I want to kind of talk high level about some of the different topics you cover and then uh the America's commercial real estate show I want to just kind of uh, lift the hood on that a little bit and see how what was the impetus for starting that and and how you've attracted so many guests and built the following that I'm very just genuinely curious about that uh and and we talked just before we started you've done six billion dollars worth of sales prior to last year and then you added another roughly two billion dollars of sales so not only have you accomplished all these additional things such as uh, training courses and the show you've had a very successful career as well so let's start there you're you're in university you decide that you're going to do commercial real estate was it to manage the apartments or was it just something that you did on the side or what was the in that you had to get into the industry in the first place well i had to work during the day to, to afford to go to school and so a friend of mine uh told me about a job opening uh leasing apartments and uh i applied i knew nothing about nothing and they said we'll try out for two weeks and uh see how you do and in the first four weeks i think they gave me three raises they really liked me and they showed me how to really manage the apartments. And we bought, the company uh, bought uh, stressed properties, value-add properties. And so I learned a lot about uh, uh, renovations and, and running properties and um, and then started uh, selling them. And I found by experience of knowing how to turn properties around and knowing a good deal when I saw it helped me uh, a lot as a broker. So um, I went full-time, you know, commission only just selling uh, apartments at 22. and and built a pretty nice practice um, in Atlanta selling apartments. So yeah, so that was the start of it. it was just hey, it's an easy job that I get to deal with people and 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 I'm mobile and and there's different projects and and things to work on. So uh, it's uh, I was attracted to it for I think mainly because we're dealing with with people. You know, at the end of the day, even the largest clients, uh, there's people running the, running these companies. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. When you got started, did you have family or friends that were in the industry? Or was it like you said, you just needed to pay for your school? So you had to find a job and that was an opportunity. Right? Yeah, I didn't know anyone. And and I would get asked that sometimes because, you know, I, uh, I was young and, and I looked even younger uh, than I was and always have, but, um, so yeah, I got asked that question. Is your daddy on the company? Or <laughs> Even when I started Bull Realty 25 years ago, I got a few questions. Is, is that your dad's firm? Um, like, no, no, it's mine. <laughs> I've never met my father. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, no, no one was in the business. I was just attracted to it. Yeah, I have a similar story. When I started, uh, my parents were both blue collar workers. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a teacher. I had nobody in the industry. uh, But just through buying and selling some houses, I got that itch for real estate and got into industrial real estate a couple years after and never looked back. 
Uh, but I, I think that, that there is that misconception out there that you, you have bull realty, uh, you're young, young guy at the time, and people are asking if it's your dad's company. There is that misconception that everybody that comes into this business, it's second or third generation when there's there's a lot of people that I've met were that first generation people that got into the industry took advantage of an opportunity, just worked hard and and had success as a result of it. So I, I'd encourage anyone that's listening, if you are thinking of getting into real estate, and you just don't have that family background. Don't be discouraged because uh, you, Michael, are a perfect example of someone that didn't have, have a family giving you the keys to the kingdom, but you actually just opened the door yourself and, and stormed in. Uh, so you started in apartments and then at some point you transitioned to office. What was the what was the decision-making uh, process in that? Well, at times uh, when I was an agent, before I started my company, uh, I would get asked to sell shopping centers and do a few things. Um, so I had a little bit of experience in other property types, but mainly I focused on apartments. And when I started Bull Realty, I didn't really want to own a company. I just wanted to work at a company known for integrity. And so I uh, started my company and, and, and I, had, I had three assistants that uh, worked for me uh, when I was an agent because I kept 30 to 40 listings and 12 to 15 deals contract at all times. So um, I had, you know, a, three, three assistants that helped me. And so when I started the company, I already had kind of that book of business and, 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 and that enough business going on. Well, after two or three years, I finally let some people join. And then uh, when I found when I got about 15 people, I started having some, um, some, some good numbers, some synergy, um, and some economies of scale where I could have great resources and tools that my friends uh, at the big shops had. And um, so then, you know, after I got about 15 people, we started getting some power. And, you know, I think now we have about 35 brokers and it's kind of the right size to be able to have some economies of scale to have the right resources and technology, um, but not have, you know, everybody running into each other. <laughs> I don't know if you've read the book, The E-Myth. Uh, I think it was Michael Gerber that wrote it. And he talked about how a lot of very successful uh, professionals, and I think the example he gave was like a plumber and electrician. They're really good at what they're doing, but then they go and start their own business because everyone says, why are you working for someone? You should start your own business. And then they take all that time that they were really good at being a plumber and electrician. And now they're being forced to do bookkeeping and doing hiring and HR and management. And they, so they lose that focus. You've, you've, you are in that position where you are very accomplished broker and you also built a very successful company. How, how did you manage the time to, to do both simultaneously? Yeah, that's a great book, and it's, it's and the newer version's called the E Myth Revisited. Um, and um, you know, I, I if I had to do all over again, I probably would not have started Bull Realty. I just felt like I had to because I wanted to work at a company that the name was known for integrity. Because some some of the agents at some of the shops trying to recruit me did things that I thought weren't the way. I would want business done if I was the client, like triple marketing and just there was just certain things that I I just thought this lacked integrity. So I, I kind of kick and scream and did it. And I think if I if I looked back, that's that's not I wouldn't have done that. I mean, as you're an agent, um, you have your own company, you know, and 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 but you don't have all the problems and hassles and risk uh, of people not doing their job or doing something wrong or employees wanting to quit or the copier or whatever. Um, so I think if you're an agent, you have your own business. And, and like when I had three assistants, 
um, and was doing deals, that was, that was fun. And that's why I've gotten back now into, you know, I have really good people helping run this company. Um, and I've gotten back to being active and, and now I, I focus on selling uh, office buildings and we sold 400 million worth last year of, of just office properties. And so I like doing deals. And I think if you, uh, if you are a broker, uh, commission only broker, you have your own business and, and you have it. If you want to really start getting other agents and doing that, you're, you're really getting in an area that has very low margins compared to what you're used to. Uh, and a lot more risk and a lot more work. And so uh, I, I, I'm glad I did it now. It's, after 25 years, it, it's okay. It's running well. Um, but, you know, I, I think I did it kicking and screaming, and, and I know why. <laughs> so Atlanta is a huge market into itself, and you're licensed in eight other states in addition to Georgia. How do you keep track of that much inventory that would be, come with being in nine different states well you know on, when we do business in other states it's usually large enough transactions right that, that it's worthwhile for us to to travel and things like that um and so uh, and then our brokers uh you know uh, very much specialize you know they they either do senior housing all day every day or, or whatever it is that they do right uh, or medical office or whatever they do here so um, you know, when you specialize and you're working on the larger transactions, um, it's it's really, that, that doesn't seem to be a challenge. Hmm. Yeah, you're not selling a $2 million small suburban office building. You're selling large properties, and there's only so many of those in any given market at any time. Right, yeah. If somebody says, hey, can you sell this million, $2 million user office building in, in another state? And I'm saying, no, let me get you someone in that state that would be good that is that's business is, is revolves around users and calling on users, occupiers of space so that there's a benefit for them to that broker to be calling on prospects for you, emailing those prospects, because if they're not an exact match for that building, they might be able to do other business with them. So we try to only do work that's well suited for our client and us. And if it's not. We, we, we try to find the right broker or team for them wherever they are in the country. Yeah, which makes, makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably an underlying philosophy of the business is serve the client the best that you can. And whether that's you working for them, if that uh, opportunity is in your wheelhouse or if it isn't, then put them together with somebody that you can. I, I think that's a, a good goal for anybody. I, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it just seemed like a, a natural extension then to use your experience to create some of the training programs you had with commercial agent success strategies. Is is that what kind of led to it? Is you just figured you'd share what you learned a, along the way with others who wanted to do likewise? Yeah, it it did. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in, I think one of the ways to be successful in commercial brokerage as an agent is to get all the training you absolutely can and you know from sales to time management to negotiation um to all the other skills that we need to to help clients be successful so i've always studied the what the best and most successful brokers did around the country when i when i turned 19 and i studied sales a lot and i have all the commercial broker training systems that you can if there if it exists i have it if it's a book or a video you know, Bob McCombs stuff, uh, Mike Lipsy's, Rod Santa Massimo. I mean, I think we, we should get, if you're a broker, commercial broker, you should have all their stuff. Um, and then 
you know, having all that and doing all that, I realized as I was training my brokers over the past 25 years that there was a lot of things missing about actual transactions and negotiations and overcoming objections and building your practice. So I started creating them and perfecting them all the time, every week, every month, year after year. And then eventually we had such incredible training that we were getting known for it around the country and around Atlanta and, um, and, and brokers were kind of drawn to it because it, it, it works. And then I, I decided that, look, one day probably somebody's going to come by and, and, and want to buy Bull Realty, either to use it to franchise or maybe just to get rid of me. <laughs> so I thought that would happen. And my plan after that was, yeah, I had become a, a pretty prolific a public speaker and, 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 and doing the show and all that. So I thought, well, after someone buys the business, I'll, I'll then sell training. I'll speak uh, for a living and, and do training, get out there. Well, what I started realizing was that I was enjoying this business too much to let someone buy it. You know, I, didn't, I said, you know what? So if I'm going to do training and get it out there, I better do it now so I'm not on stage with a cane and a walker going, you got to do it this way, sonny boy. <laughs> so I went ahead and, and developed the training and we got, we did it in front of a live audience, did it with three cameras, a professional producer, um, and, and got the, where we provided a lot of great information very, very efficiently and quickly um, and created the training and put it out there. And, and, and people love it. That you know, it, It's like most people don't think they need it or they think it's terrible like the CE training that they've had and they don't get it but the people who get it just go bananas over it it's just it's fantastic yeah I, well, I agree and I had training from Bob McComb when I first started and I've interviewed uh Mike Lipsian I've interviewed Rod Santa Massimo uh, all three are outstanding uh, individuals and I agree completely with that sentiment is that uh, every broker regardless of whether you're brand new or been in the business for 30 years there's always some skill you can take to sharpen that proverbial axe and just get a little bit better so I, I'll put a link uh, to a commercial agent success strategies so people can check it out Again, it's very affordable, uh, and uh, I, I'm going to actually even look at it for our office as well because uh, uh, just following on that statement of you can never be too good to uh, to continue learning things, uh, we're always learning uh, as well as an office, and, and that actually leads quite neatly into the to the next topic I wanted to talk to you about was the America's Commercial Real Estate Show, and you talked about having three cameras for your training. I don't think a, a lot of people appreciate just the production value that you're putting into each one of these episodes. Uh, so I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit and and just uh, kind of open up the hood uh, to see like how how you've actually developed that show from a production standpoint, but even how you're how you're getting guests, the studio itself, uh, but maybe we could even start like right at the beginning on you mentioned you started doing radio, then it got picked up on more and more shows. What was even the what what was the appeal of going on radio? Was it business development? Was it just growing your own brand? What because it takes time. I think anybody that does does podcasts or interviews uh, can appreciate it takes a considerable amount of time. And you took that to a factor of a hundred uh, versus what it, what it takes me to do a, a podcast interview like this. Your production value is considerably more. So how did you make the decision that you were prepared to invest time at the beginning and then later? money in developing your studio and production value so I, I look at commercial brokerage as kind of two sides i think you know half of it's consulting and advisory um and the other half's marketing you know we're marketing our 
our services and then we're marketing our, our properties, right, for our clients. Um, so I've always studied both in, in a big way. And, um, and, and so when I was asked to do a radio show in Atlanta, and I thought, well, you know what, that'd be a great way at the time. Um, our, our business was more local than it is now. And I thought, well, that'd be great. I'll just go in and do a live show, 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings for an hour. I'll answer questions. I'll bring my research guy. We'll have all of our systems up. So if somebody asks a question, I can, you know, have research, pull it up and, and I could give advice, kind of what they do in some of the residential radio shows, if you will, on residential real estate. Uh, but then something happened about a month before the show was about to start. Salem Media called me and said they were building the studios. I was going to have to record the show. I thought, oh, no. Well, that means I can't just live take calls and, you know, I'll have to do more advanced planning, right? Um, well, it ended up that was a really good thing for the show because the first show I did was October of 2010. So uh, it was right, you know, after after the Great Recession, or almost still in it, um, and we did a loan on commercial loan workouts, and I'd done a tremendous amount of work in distressed real estate, uh, working for for banks and borrowers and workouts and notes, and I knew uh, everybody, and and I and I recorded that first show on that topic, and I remember taking the third step out of Salem Media's parking lot, and it hit me that this show could be extremely valuable to people all over the country in commercial real estate. Um, and so as, and then more stations started picking it up and recorded the first one as a podcast. Then about, I don't know, five or six years ago or sometime we started bringing cameras in the studio and, and videoing them in these little tight, you know, fluorescent lit, you know, radio studios. And uh, we would get, people would call us and go, wow, you're uh, the content on your show is just absolutely awesome and incredible and valuable, but your videos, they really suck. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I know I'm in this radio studio. So when we, our business was growing. Uh, and so we did a couple expansions of our space and I decided, you know what, I need to just build a studio here so I could just walk in and do the show and walk out. Um, and, so we we did that, and, and we we've hired a, a companies that, that set up these systems for CNN and Fox, and we did the best cameras, the best stage, the best lighting, background, uh, all the best audio and video equipment. I have a professional producer who produces it, who you know studied in college, and um, so um, you know now it, uh, it it the show over the years has attracted you know really big guests, and, and we get contacted multiple times every day of people wanting to be on. So uh, when I look back, you know, at the first three, four years, it was, it was hell. I mean, it, the amount of time I, I, I used to prep about 10 hours a week for a one hour chef or less than one hour. Um, and so it took a lot of time and, and, and a lot of work and the audience was small. And so it was, it was pretty frustrating, but, you know, once I, start something, you know, I'm, I'm going to finish it. So I uh, kept at it. And, and now it's, uh, you know, they still have the producer um, and we have, you know, series of guests who, who want to be on. And, um, and, uh, and so now it takes a lot less time. And, uh, and, and I, I walk in, you know, I'll, I'll do a deal, walk in the studio, do a show, walk back out and the producer produces it and the, the staff puts it out in the systems and 
So it takes, you know, a lot less of my time and I get the same benefit that my listeners get. Right. I, you know, this week's show was with uh, uh, the, the head of, of CoStar's uh, office, national office analytics. The week before was, you know, Brian Bailey, the Fed's real estate guy. The week before is the, the head guy Deloitte globally on their real estate talking about uh, a survey they did. It's just, just incredible information. So, you know, I started getting that information every week for 12 weeks on top of doing deals. So it, it, it's really helped me you know, talk to clients and we get called t- contact sometimes from people who listen to the show and they thank us because they've gotten a job or they've, mm. you know, they, they, they had something positive happen because the knowledge they got of listening to my guests. And, you know, it's not just me yakking, uh, you know, it's mainly my guests and I, and I get good information out of them, I think. Well, you definitely do. And and I would emphasize that as well. You've had some incredible guests on and some great content and, and podcasting when you started wasn't popular. Uh, I, look, I, I didn't even myself start listening to podcasts until a few years ago. Uh, and it's, it's ballooned in popularity since and now there's a lot more content out there from there, there's even some people that are doing very localized shows, whereas yours is, is more of a much broader audience all across America. There's even some people now that are saying, well, I'm going to start a podcast on industrial real estate in Houston, and that's all I'm going to focus on. Whereas five or 10 years ago, that would have been unheard of that somebody would have niched down to focus just on that, but but it's starting to happen. And obviously what comes with that is a lot less of a budget than you would have with having like a full professionally built out studio and support staff. Some of these guys are, are doing it like myself, just with a microphone and a computer. What what advice would you have for somebody that that is considering getting into podcasting, but they look at your situation, which is the gold standard of podcasting, and they say, well, that's unobtainable right now. What advice would you have for someone that just wants to get started? I think I advise them to look at their audience. You know, who do they do business with? Who do they want to do business with? Who do they help? You know, what do they want to know? And I think uh, if you're a local commercial real estate broker in a local market, you know, just doing the local market is way more valuable to your listeners, your people. Um, you know, it's like having, you know, I think, I, I don't know, I have 20 something thousand, you know, people connected on LinkedIn, but it's probably only the ones that I add value to that, that add value back to me, right? So I think just understanding your audience and, and who you want to do this with, I know some of the there's some local podcasts that you know just for for sometimes small cities, um, and it really helps those brokers because they're staying connected with what's going on in the city and they're providing information that's valuable to the business owners and, and folks in that market. And so I think you know, you're doing a show that's for the audience you want to do business with is very very smart. I think that's what my original plan was, uh, and you know I, I got a monkey wrench thrown in it and. Uh, so uh, it, it became, you know, a national show. And then, you know, now my business is more national. Uh, you know, when properties are large enough, we're selling them all over the country with, with appropriate brokers in the state. So um, it, it, it kind of worked out for us, I guess. But I think just talking to your audience, and, and, and I think you know, having a local show is probably a lot more valuable, a lot faster. So d- diving just a little bit deeper into that, uh, and I agree having that community and knowing who your audience is and speaking to them is imperative. 
what do you say to your audience though? Like you've identified them. What are the messages that you found have the most that resonate most powerfully with the audience? And and whether you're having a specific call to action or whether you're just trying to have that top of mind awareness by always being there and just providing that value to the audience. Right? Have you found things that have worked better than others or things that you should have you'd avoid? Yeah, so so I took classes on public speaking and I took classes on stand-up comedy and I've done stand-up comedy and I took some really cool classes on hosting television shows and and then from public speaking and doing the show and and all this sort of thing. One of the things the biggest thing I'd tell you I've learned out of it is just to really concentrate on your audience. Because if you really concentrate on your audience, one, you're not going to be nervous. Number two, you're going to listen to the person you're interviewing. And you're going to think about your audience and what do they want to know next. And you're going to give a much better interview. You're going to give much better information. Um, so I think just really concentrating uh, on your audience and thinking, well, what do they want? So if you're doing a, a show in, in, uh, in, in a city, and you are a general commercial real estate broker, um, then, you know, what's going on in business in that city, right? What, what, what's opening? Who's coming to town? What's shutting down? What's, what, what's being built? You know, just being the business um, contact, you know, and information and take that podcast and, and put it out in video and put it out in, in a blog and, and put it out in your social media. So, so that you become the, the local go-to expert on what's going on in business. And, and at the same time, I think being a person that connects people and refers people and kind of pays it forward, you know, you, you, you do this, this amount of work I do, and this amount of information I provide to people, you know, that 99.9999% of those people don't care about me. They're never going to send me any business. They're never going to refer the show. They're not going to review the show. They're not going to share it. They're not going to do anything. And, and you got to be okay with that, right? But there's that little percentage that may do business with you or refer business with you. Uh, and also just keeps you on top of everything. And even if, if they don't um, refer you business, um, knowing that you know that information and that you are that authority figure. I met with a, a group uh, last week to sell a portfolio of office buildings. And the CEO has introduced me to her team as a celebrity. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm I'm laughing. I'm no celebrity, but but she but she introduces me as a celebrity, right? So it, it can give you some uh, respect in your market because you you are an influential you know, leader and, and you're paying it forward and helping the businesses and people around you without expecting anything in return. Yeah, it really is that trifecta of you get. To become an expert, a noted, a recognized expert in the market, if you're creating content of some form, whether it's podcasting or any other medium, you get to be recognized as an expert, you get to be well known. So it has that marketing standpoint, and you just get to talk to a number of really good people. So you get to learn along the way as well. So there really is like a lot of benefits from from doing it. So I, I think that there will be even more people getting into this space uh, down the road. And I guess that leads naturally into the last question I had for you. And and you follow this very closely. You were at the forefront of of doing the podcasting and, and then turning it into video format. Where do you see the current landscape for the new age of marketing for brokers or marketing properties from perhaps as broad as a social media perspective, or you could take that as narrow as you want. And then what are you following going forward? Like what what's exciting you in that space right now? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's very interesting to do podcasts, videos and blogs and, and social media and all that. But I think the main marketing for commercial brokers is the old school is what it was. Create a presence, um, understand a, a market or a sector very, very well, add value to the people around you and, uh, you know, just press the flesh, right? Make the calls, shoot the emails. I think the you know, one thing about commercial real estate is we know who our clients are, right? If, if you sell industrial buildings in California, you know you can figure out who the owners are and 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 the, and, the, and, and contact them directly, right? You don't have to worry really about social media or a podcast. So I think the main thing as a broker you want to concentrate on is is this direct contact of adding value for the for the folks um, that you want to do business with that you can add value for. Because you don't want to get caught up and spending so much time on all this other stuff that's more indirect. If you notice, you know, there's a lot of residential advertisements everywhere for residential real estate companies. Well, they can do business with almost everyone on the planet. You know, may buy a house or sell a house, right? But, you know, not everybody's going to make decisions to buy or lease commercial real estate. Um, so I think you really just the direct marketing as a specialist, as a, as a um as a broker working in a certain area uh, is still your really your best marketing uh, kind of the old old school that you know a, a 90 year old successful broker would tell you how to do it <laughs> what do you do with that social media podcast stuff just go talk to them <laughs> it's it's so true because uh, I and I agree with you wholeheartedly is that especially the younger generation uh, coming up right now is they almost look at social media as a little bit of a crutch that they can make TikTok videos or whatever it is and be successful solely from that. I think that there's a time and space for it. And I think it is needed in this market to do things just a little bit differently and perhaps talk to that next generation of commercial real estate buyers and sellers. But you can't ever discount the, the benefit of doing some of those old school techniques uh, that have made people very successful in the past. So I, I think that's a really powerful message to end on is that we're, we're talking about the podcast and talking about these things, but there's, there's still a lot of uh, hard skills that people need to learn and use social media to supplement those as opposed to just relying exclusively on, on social media. Yeah, absolutely. We know who our clients are, right? Um, and we know how to reach them. And I think you just want to reach them in the right way. Like I just had a broker uh, that just had a meeting with an hour ago who went into commercial real estate brokerage um, at, a, at a company that's really known more for residential. And, you know, he's struggling and, and he's doing the prospecting completely wrong and, and, and he's not doing it right. So he's really hurting his reputation. And, and the residential real estate company name was, was already not looked at that favorably in commercial real estate. So they don't care, but uh, well, they care, but they don't realize how bad, how, how problematic that is for the brokers. But they, um, but you know, learn how to do it right before you do it. And I think that's the biggest challenge that uh, brokers get in and fail. And we call all commercial agents brokers because it sounds better. And we think a lot of ourselves, so we, we call ourselves brokers. But I think we get into the business without knowing really how to do. It. Oh, we got a license, so we can do this. Well, no. Do you know about sales negotiation training? Have you studied the specialty? Do you know about listing presentations and leases and contracts? And do you know how to overcome objections? Do you know what your objections are going to be? Um, do you know how you're going to do your prospecting properly where people respect you and want to talk to you? 
no, you need to learn all that before you go out and ruin your reputation or, or get out there and ruin your reputation and get out there and fall on your, on your face and think, well, this is not for me or there's some, you make up some other excuse when really you just didn't train, you didn't, you didn't do it right. And that's why we created the, the training at commercialagentsuccess.com is, is because I was training my guys, look, don't, don't just go out there and start doing it. Do it right. There's a proper call. There's a proper email. There's a proper response. There's a proper way to respond to, to, to objections that makes sense for the client because, you know, our clients in the most part are very successful. They're busy. They're getting hit on a lot and you want to help them make good decisions. So you want to be well-trained in, in all facets, especially uh, sales and negotiation so that you can help them make good decisions. Um, and, you know, I think the most frustrating thing is when you have a client that you know should to take your advice on something, and you can't get them to do it. And I think that's when you got to look back and go, well, I need to look at my own training. You know, did I not ask the right questions? Did I not do the right pre-management of this? Did I not present this in the right way? You know, what do I not know? What did I not do? And go back, all right, I need to get better training. And the way I look at this is I'm still training. I can still get better. And, and, and any of us that think that, that we know enough about sales and, and, and commercial brokerage to quit training, that's when we're going to quit growing. Yeah, that's such a great uh, message uh, in itself right there. And, and that, that's why I'm a fan of yours is that I, I I know that you're not only providing the training, but you've got that curiosity to always be learning. And whether it's through a guest, just seeing what they have to say and trying to get their insight, but also sharing it with uh, with everyone else, I, I think is 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 very powerful. So uh, I'll, I'll wrap up on, on that, Michael, uh, but I'll put uh, when when I publish this, I'll put links to uh, the the sales training and to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, and then also Bold Realty. Uh, and if people want, I certainly encourage them to check out the show, look into the training, and then uh, uh, connect with you either on LinkedIn uh, or uh, just check out your website. But uh, really, do want to thank you for uh, sharing all your knowledge and insight. I, I found that very insightful, and and really do appreciate your time. Dad, thank you. Great show. Appreciate you having me on. Okay, thanks, Michael. I hope you got some value from that episode. I always enjoy getting to speak with these guests. Again, if you got any value from this, please leave a review on our Apple or Spotify page and look to catch you in the next episode.